Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Let's take our Bibles, go to the book of John 11 again this morning. John chapter number 11. I know we was here last Sunday morning, but I want to go back here again today. And uh, matter of fact, I guess this is the seventh Sunday in a row we've been in the book of John. And um, we've got at least one more message out of the book of John um, on the I Ams. Amen. And uh, there's still one more I've not preached on, and that is I Am the Vine. And uh, we'll look at that next Sunday if the Lord will allow us to. John chapter number 11. I'll look at some verses here this morning and give you a little thought with the help of the Lord. You pray for us today. Day, and uh, I really don't have much wrote down. I've just got a thought in my heart this morning, and um, I want to give that to you today and see what the Lord would help us with. John chapter number 11, let's stand in honor and reverence to the reading of God's Word. I'll pick up reading in verse number 17. John chapter number 11, verse number 17 says this, Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off, and many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whatsoever liveth, uh, and whosoever liveth, uh, and believeth in me shall never die, believest thou this? She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, uh, the Son of God, which should come into the world. Look back again in verse number 25. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. We've been studying the seven I am statements of the book of John. We've come to this one that we'll look at today. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Now, Lord, help us today. Breathe on us, Father. Preach us in power and unction and demonstration of the Holy Spirit of God. Save that sinner closest to hell. Be with Brother Heath this season, youth church, and we'll give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen. You can be seated this morning. Now, when we come into John chapter number 11, we know uh, that Lazarus 
us the friend of Jesus has died. When we look in the beginning of it, I said this last week, but let me review it a little bit. When we come into the beginning of John 11, there is a special family, which is Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and the Lord loved them. We see that there's a special family, but then there is a sudden fear in verse number 3. Therefore his sister sent unto him, uh, saying, Lord, behold, him whom thou lovest is sick. Him whom thou lovest is sick. There is a sudden fear now because Lazarus is sick. But then there is a seeming failure. There is a seeming failure. The Bible said this in verse number 4. When Jesus heard that, he said this sickness is not unto death, but the glory of God, but for the glory of God that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. He said what is happening right now is happening for the glory of God. It's so that God will give the glory for what's going on. And can I say this to you? We may not always understand what's happening and we may think that it is not for our good. But the Bible said that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that they are called according to his purpose. And what was happening in the life of Mary and Martha right now was happening for their good and for God's glory. It was going to excel their faith like it had never been excelled before. Matter of fact, the only way that they was going to experience the Lazarus being raised from the dead and this great mountaintop experience in their life was to go through the valley that they was currently in. Uh, can I say this to you? May we always remember that the sun will come up in the morning. Can I get an amen right there? May we always remember that God did not put us in the storm to stay. and God did not place us in the valley to stay. But God in some way, in some form, is going to teach us out of this and bring it for his glory and for our good. Now you that knows the story knows that Lazarus ends up dying. And after he dies, Jesus waits four days before he goes back. Many thinks that Jesus is running four days late. But it's not that Jesus was right on time. I said this last week and I'll say it again. That Jewish faith believed that there was a possibility you may could pray them back in three days. So Jesus made sure he waited till four days was gone. That way all hope of humanity helping him was gone. And I sure do like to know that we serve a God today. That when it seems that all humanity help is gone. When it seems that there is no hope. There is a God that specializes in hopeless situations. There's always hope with God. Can God prepare a table in the wilderness in Psalm 78? Well, he went on to show us in Psalm 78 that God can do anything for his people. And God is fixing to teach them on this day that he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. 
They continue in the conversation and Jesus even says to them at one point, and I preached on this last Sunday, I am glad for your sakes that he is dead. He said, Lazarus is dead and I'm glad. I preached on that last Sunday so we'll not spend a lot of time there. Now we come to Martha as she approaches Jesus and says, Lord, if you'd just been here, my brother had not died. And of course he responds, Back to her, thy brother shall rise again. And I can imagine Martha, she's sitting there. She looks back at him and says, I know he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. I read that and I began thinking, how did she know that? How did Martha know that he would rise again in the resurrection? Well, can I just say this to you? Uh, can, I, can I put it in our dispensation? She'd been down at the church house and heard some preaching from the Word of God. That's what it was. Now, she probably did not have a, a manuscript in her house because of that day. But she'd probably been down at the tabernacle as a Jew. And she'd heard about a man by the name of Jesus. She had heard that a man by the name of Jesus was going to come one day, was going to show up on the scene one day, was going to die, was going to resurrect, and would come back one day and call his children home with him. And she says, I know he's going to rise again in the resurrection. You know what she's doing? She is professing that she knows something about the Lord. Jesus turns and looks at her that day and says this, I am the resurrection. <laughs> uh, could you imagine Martha that day? Oh, she had uh, heard about Jesus. She had been around Jesus, but she was fixing to have a personal encounter with Jesus that would forever and eternally change her life. Matter of fact, a lot of commentators says that this is where Martha meets the Lord and gets saved at. He says, and I'll say more about that at the end of the message. He says, I am the resurrection. Now, can I just take about 30 seconds and remind you uh, about this great I am statement right here? If we rewind all the way book to, back to the book of Exodus, You'll find that in the book of Exodus, Moses is fixing to go before Pharaoh. And God says, or Moses says to God, Whom shall I say sent me? And God says this to Moses, Tell him the I am that I am hath sent thee. Now, I've said this before, but I, I, I'm feeling pretty good this morning, so I'm going to say it again. Most times I am is followed up by something. I am a father. I am a brother. I am a pastor. Are you here? I am saved by the grace of God. Everybody ought to holler amen on that and if you say, I am something. But know what God says. I am that I am. You know what he was saying? Whatever you need to put after that, that's what I am. He's my savior. He's my friend. He's everything to me. And he is the great I am today. He looks at her and he says, I am. And then he follows it up with this, the resurrection. 
I am the resurrection. And what did he say? The life. You know what he was saying that day? Here's what he was saying. There is a day that the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet them in the clouds. And Jesus is saying, I am the one that's going to do that. I want you to see three things about I am the resurrection this morning. Number one, I want you to note in this I am the resurrection. I want you to note this with him. His preeminence this morning. His preeminence. Now, that word preeminence means preeminent. And the word preeminent means this. Eminent above and before others. It means superior. You know what he was saying? Before there was, I was. Amen. He is saying, I am of the resurrection. His preeminence today, his power today, his glory today. He is above all today. There is not but one God. Sure, there is others that say they are gods, but there is not but one God. And he is proclaiming that he is the preeminent God today. Note what he says. He does not say, I was the resurrection or that I will be the resurrection. He says, right now, Martha, as you stand looking at me, right now, currently, I am the resurrection. Oh, I understand he hadn't been to Calvary yet. I understand he hadn't died yet. I understand he hadn't rose again yet. I understand he hadn't ascended back into the heavens yet. But hear me and hear me well. Before there was, he was. And what he is saying is this. I am God incarnated into man. They'll not be able to kill me. But there will come a day that I will lay my life down. And I will rise. Uh, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. I am preeminent above everybody. I am the resurrection. The reason he could proclaim such a strong truth that day and make such a strong statement that day, it's because he was God. You say, well, he was man. No, he was God. Matter of fact, if you go back to chapter number 8, now in about verse number 56 or 57, you'll find out where it says this, just to clear everybody's mind of the Jews in that day. He said, before Abraham was, I am. Oh, yeah. He said, before Abraham was, I am. You know what he was saying? They looked up to Abraham just about as a God. And he said, hear me and hear me well, Martha. Hey, before Abraham ever, amen. Before Abraham ever come on the scene, I always was. I thought about this. Let me read you something. I thought about this in Psalms 139. 
Whether shall I go from thy spirit or whether shall I flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me and thy right hand shall hold me. You know what the psalmist is saying? He's saying this, his preeminence, he's above all, he's before all. He's mightier than all. He is God incarnated in the man. I see number one. I see his preeminence this morning. I am the resurrection in life. I am the resurrection. It's kind of like John chapter number four. Kind of like John chapter number four. That was sealed today. You that was here last Sunday understands that statement. It's kind of like John chapter number four. He walked up on that lady. And uh, said, give me the drink. And she looked at him and said, why would you ask me? And she was a Samaritan woman. Why would you ask me to drink? And Jesus looked at her and said, uh, if you only really knew who I was, you'd ask me to drink. I'd give you water that you never thirst again. And she said, sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. After he goes on to tell her, you have well said. Uh, she talks about her marriage and, can I just say it this way, her prostitution. He said, uh, no, you don't have one husband. You've had five and you're shacked up with a man now, practically is what he said. You know what he was showing her? He was showing her his preeminence. Yes, that he was above all. He knew more than all. He was God. He says to her, I am the resurrection. Not that I'm going to be. He said, right now, I am the resurrection. I see, number one, his preeminence. Number two, I see this this morning. I see his promise. Look what he said. I am the resurrection and life. Now watch this. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. I see his promise this morning. I see his promise. Look what he said. He said, he that believeth in me, though he were dead, were dead. Can I tell you something? I was dead before July the 20th, 1994. Yeah, man, I was first born into this world June the 27th, 1978. But on July the 20th, 1994, my soul was dead within me. Oh, but aren't you glad? And you had he quickened who were dead in trespassings of sin. He made us alive in him. We have a promise from God today that if we put our faith in him and we put our trust in him, thank God this world is not our home we're just a passing through we've got a promise from God today that we shall never die but that we shall live you say well preacher I'm going to die one day no uh, uh, my body's going to go to a graveyard but my soul will never lay its head and rest as soon as I take my last breath down here oh yes good neighbor I mean, as soon as I, before the air ever gets out of my mouth, 
and out of my lungs. I'm going to be looking at the darling Lamb of God on the sweet banks of deliverance in a place called heaven one day. There's a promise from him right there. He said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Though he were dead. Now, I find this interesting. He's talking about Lazarus. And his mind, he's already got Lazarus up. He's going to here in just a minute. But in his mind, he's already done it. I see the promise from God this morning. I want to say something to you today. We have a promise from God today. We do not have to walk around in doubt and defeat about our salvation. It's not God's will for you to doubt your salvation. It's not God's will for you to walk around wondering about whether or not you're going to heaven. I don't worry about it. I don't go to sleep at night worrying about it. I don't wake up in the morning worrying about it. I know that I know that I know that I know that I'm saved by the grace of God. And because of that, and because of that, I am living in Him. Oh, yes, I am living in him. I see, I'm going to move quickly this morning because I know something's going to cook this evening. Number one, I see, I am the resurrection. I see his preeminence. I see his promise. Then I see this in closing this morning. I see his proposal. Jesus makes a proposal. Look what he said. Verse 26, and whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Look what he said right here. Believest thou this? Look, there's a question mark at the end of that. He looks at Martha and says, you believe this? Believest thou this? Now watch Martha's response in verse 27. She saith unto him, Yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God. The Christ, the Son of God. You know what she was saying at that moment? Everything that I have heard that has been prophesied about. I've heard my whole life there was a man named Jesus going to come on the scene to save his people from their sins. I've heard my whole life he would be the son of God. You know what she was doing at that very moment? She was identifying with the virgin birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. She was, I, you said, preacher, I don't know about the virgin birth. <laughs> if you don't know about the virgin birth, I don't know about your salvation. <clears throat> I'll just leave that right there. You know what she said? She didn't say that I believe. She didn't say this. She didn't say that, yea, Lord, I believe that thou art Christ, the son of, uh, of Joseph. No, she said, I believe that thou art Christ, the son of what? God. The son of of God. She identifies with him being the, the promised child that Isaiah had prophesied about. That a day would come that a virgin by the name of Mary would bring forth a son that would save his people from their sins. She said, I, I believe, look what she said, the son of God which should come into the world. Jesus makes a proposal to Martha. Before Lazarus is ever raised from the dead. You may believe this is different. That's fine if you do. Before Lazarus is ever raised from the dead, Martha is. Because at that moment, she said, you're him. 
and I'm putting every bit of my faith and every bit of my trust. I believe, Lord. I believe. Uh, you remember that story. Come start playing softly. You remember that story. And, and uh, uh, on over in, in, in the book of Acts, if I'm not mistaken, when Paul and Silas prayed and the place was shaken and the Philippian jailer was going to kill himself and he said, what must I do to be saved? And he said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You say, well, preacher, you're getting away from repentance. No, can I tell you something? When you really come to that point where you believe in him for everything, at that moment you're turning from everything else. At this moment, Martha turns to Christ, believes on him as the living son of God. There's a proposal that was made to her. Do you believe? She said, yea, Lord, I believe. Just as there was a proposal made to her, there's a proposal that's made to every one of us sitting in this church today or whether you're listening by way of live feed or in our parking lot. There's been a proposal made to us. You see, Jesus put it back in the hands of her just like he did in the hands of that Samaritan woman that day on what she would do with him. If we was to go all the way back to Genesis chapter number 3, we went all the way back to Genesis chapter number 3. God left Adam and Eve alone in the garden. There come a day that they had to make a choice on what they was going to do. And they failed God. God in his loving kindness came back, confronted them. They repented. God made coats of skins and clothed them. But from Genesis 3 to John 4 to John 11 to September 27th or 28th, whatever it is, that we're at right now, the choice has always come back on man. The choice, the proposal is there. You don't have to go to hell. You, you don't have to go. There is a resurrection. There is life. You don't have to die in your sins. But the proposal's in your lap now. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to trust Christ to be the Son of God and Repent of your sins and receive them into your life? Or are you going to walk away? You say, what would have happened to Lazarus if Martha had not believed right there? I believe Lazarus would have still got up out the grave. But what I find amazing is this. Before he gets Lazarus up, he takes time to deal with Martha. Probably everybody else was going. <laughs> I wish he'd quit dealing with Martha. Lazarus is over here dead. We need to go help Lazarus. What's he doing with Martha? There's times in our life when we don't understand what God's doing. I bet Mary, probably in the backside of her mind, was sitting there going, Martha's at it again. She can't keep her mouth shut. She's got Jesus cornered over. No, Jesus had her cornered. And there's times in our life 
where it seems like our world is falling apart and we're sitting back going, Lord, what are you doing? You're over there taking care of this and I need you to take care of this. God might be doing a bigger work than what you even expected. The proposal came to Martha that day. What are you going to do, Martha? I'm the resurrection. The one that can give you life eternally is standing before you. Believest thou this? She said, oh, yeah. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. I am the resurrection. I'm glad that we serve a God today that's alive and well. What separates us from every other religion in this world today is those four words Jesus said, I am the resurrection. He got up. He got up. He got up. He was telling them right then, when I go to the grave, don't worry. Now, I'm trying to hush, but I feel like preaching a little bit more. Don't worry about it. Just a few verses on over, they're getting ready to arrest him. He was saying, hey, look, don't nobody worry about it because I am the resurrection. I might go to the ground. I might go to hell, and he did. He did. But there's something different about him going there. For thousands of years, people had checked into hell. But that third and glorious morning, all of a sudden, hell began to tremble. And hell began to shake. And the devil began to get nervous. And the demons of hell began to, to, to worry. And all of a sudden, something happened that had never happened before. There had been thousands upon thousands upon thousands that had checked into hell. But that third and glorious morning, there was a man named Jesus walked over there and scratched his name off the roll and checked out of hell. So you and I don't have to go to hell. He is the resurrection. Believest thou this? The ball's in your court now. Salvation's in your court now. If you die and go to hell, you die and go to hell stepping over the word of God and the blood of Jesus Christ.